This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I ran a cold front when I gave my truck the reins Barreling down I-35 with one thought on my mind Forget the race, find an open space Hey there, howdy, how are you? I love pushing that red button and saying let's go Let's go to the other side of Texas Thanks for tuning in and thanks for telling your friends You hang out on the other side I'm your host, Jay West Texas Leasing, lots to get on Lots to get in Lots to get over Today on the program we're broadcasting from not only the studios where Buddy Holly became famous, but uh, the Racer Car Wash Studios voted Lubbock's best wash for five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across the Hub City for the best wash around. Guaranteed. RacerWash.com. Maybe in that new, I think you just heard the commercial, maybe in that new vehicle. Smith South Plains Ford. There you go. Uh, 806-745-5800 you want to be a part of the program coming up i've got a preview for some new regent gate that we're going to break out for you tonight on if you're listening on the podcast we are broadcasting this edition is on september 5 we're going to break that stuff out tonight on OtherSideOfTexas.com get you a little bit of region gate going. And I've said to you before, look, the, the easy candy has been on top. What, what you can point at, and you can say, well, that's that and that's that. Now you got to dig into the bottom of the candy bowl, and we're taking a deep dive. I, I'll say this: I will be surprised if what we come up with does not, at the least make a regent for consider resignation at most result in a resignation gonna get in with you that's called a teaser get in with you a little bit with that as we go along also we got scott braddock our friend scott braddock getting us some uh braddock on texas coming up in about 10 minutes from now but uh you know last week i did something that i've not had a lot of experience in doing and that's filing public records requests. Now, I did do a journalism degree at Tech, but I only did the journalism degree at Tech because, excuse me for a second, because I was a family studies major at Tech and was real committed to ministry at that time, loved what I was doing, but I began to think, I was just walking the campus one day and I thought, what if I got fired? And all I had was a family studies degree. Would I be like a professional babysitter? And I was walking in for a 9 or 9.30 class. And I just kept on walking. And I walked over to... I'd done some writing in high school, drawn cartoons. And I, I walked over to the journalism building and sat down with the great Janet Wright... 
and said, so I've just decided this morning that I'm going to change my major. And for a long time, that journalism degree did not pay off well. Uh, it just helped me write some really great emails, but I did learn a lot. But it's good to be putting all that to uh, practice as I've written columns over the past few years. And uh, all I have to say, back to the beginning of this point, I have not done a lot of public records requests, but I have filed... Uh, four or five over the past few days and one that I came across was so if you listen to this program as we get you ready as we go into the next legislature no form of government impacts you more than Texas government I'm if you're listening in the state I'm more convinced of that than ever uh, whether it be your public schools or your property taxes uh, regulations you walk in can you have a gun can you not have a gun why do people have guns why do they not have guns uh, there's no form of government that has more bearing on your day-to-day -day than texas government so we cover that and cover it really closely and hope that you'll stay along with us but some of the worst well i would say the worst actors in state government is a group called Empower Texans, and I have long, I got into Empower Texans, I got a letter yesterday from Mr. Allison, and I did not bring, I meant to answer it, we had a delightful conversation yesterday with George and Linda McMahon, and that ran the brunt of the program, I never know what we're going to get into whenever I hit the red button here, but it was a it was a flattering letter. I appreciate so many of you who've given me all sorts of uh, kind thoughts, written and otherwise, about the coverage that we've done on Regent Gate and Rager Gate on this program. And we're going to continue to do that. Um, and that reminds me, what was that thing, Dan? What do you got? Okay, yeah, that, okay, <laughs> you were quick on that. Uh, yeah, we have a what do you got? update coming up later and it may involve John Sharp but back to you can see all the things I try to think about in my head at the same time uh, I got into Texas politics whenever I moved back uh, after being gone went to uh, did a master's degree which is a fancy way of saying I did an academic track in seminary and I got back in late 2011 and had been gone since 2003 or so. So I left and the world was made up of um, Larry Combess. And I got back and it was made up of Randy Nagabowers and Charles Perry's. And that was a world with which I was not oriented. And I thought it was a total and complete knee jerk against Obama. We ought to be man enough women enough texan enough to at least take it in stride instead of completely going in with what empower texans does so i got a letter to my house and it was from one michael quinn sullivan uh, imploring me to vote for one charles perry who was up for re-election in the texas house and i did not know much about what was going on but the more i read that letter the more i thought 
just like an alien landing on earth wondering what is Krispy Kreme and why do these people <laughs> what, what is all this stuff that that these people are doing I'm looking at this empower thing and wondering what in the world is this about and the more I began to study these guys the more I began to understand that they are masters in tempting your social concerns and exploiting your our uh, economic interests and that's what they do whether that's the cato institute or that's him I'm, I'm with those guys on a lot the cato institute heritage foundation but empower that whole group empower on the state level they they really uh they do more to exploit people than any other organization i know of and so i began to take issue with them not because i'm not conservative and don't have conservative leanings and don't run my house very conservatively which we do but it was that they just exploit people they take them up on these social issues and then they exploit their economic interests and i don't know the last time you looked at how west texas economy works but it's uh nothing that friedman would sign off on or ayn rand either we've made government work for us a proud history of turning one public dollar into seven private dollars but that's another show for another day the fact of the matter is is that on august 13th this group empower texans had their spokesperson michael quinn sullivan tweet out that quote sources tell me the chancellor i call him shooter mcsullivan kind of based on happy gilmore um sources tell me the chancellor of a major texas university is today being canned in parentheses or forced to resign over misappropriation of funds public universities need more oversight and scrutiny from the texas legislature not fanboy adulation Sullivan tweeted, 2 o'clock, 2.07 p.m. Central Standard Time, August 13th. That night, we would break on this program through other side of Texas.com that, uh, that Bob Duncan was stepping down from Texas Tech. Now, I've gotten a couple of texts about this, and I will say that, uh, to his credit, the senator... Charles Perry has taken great strides and I think politically necessary strides for re-election to break away from in power and the likes of whenever Ted Cruz really goes all Ted Cruz and and I appreciate that about the center I'll be fair when I need to be fair and he deserves some congratulations there but he has definitely gone from a empower Texas favorite uh, to you know maybe getting a b or c from them today well speaking of empower a records request and i'm going to tell you what that records request is i got the hiccups after we talk with scott braddock oh my goodness i gotta take a break <laughs> gonna get scott braddock on here excuse me hang out with us here on the other side of texas get into what empower has done and some scott braddock when we come up oh my goodness i gotta get some water stick right where you are entertainment ahead for you right here on the other side and you love it makes a living worth 
program folks listen i got to make an admission i have uh, chewed snuff for way too long and one thing that i've learned with snuff is i can't do it on the radio number one or it just sounds like i'm a slobbering heathen whenever i'm talking with you and number two uh whenever i don't take a drink after i've disposed of this good west texas program so i can get in the weeds here it gives me the hiccups so i apologize for hiccuping my way out of that last outro uh the bottom line let me just finish that up right quick uh the bottom line is this that i filed a records request two days uh, and found out that two days after bob duncan was probably libeled by michael quinn sullivan for misappropriation of funds Guess what their clown show lawyer did at Empower Texans? They filed this blanket request trying to do anything to save the least savable face in Texas politics, that of Michael Quinn Sullivan, Shooter McSullivan, and I don't think they're going to pull it off. It just speaks to their character and who they are. This segment of Other Side of Texas is sponsored by the law firm of Mullen Horton Brown, LLP, with offices in Lubbock, Amarillo, and Dallas, employing creative legal solutions to address your business needs in the areas of commercial litigation, banking, financial restructuring, employment law, and estate planning. Each week, we go out to our friend Scott Braddock of the Quorum Report. He's the editor of the Quorum Report, and we get him on to talk about Texas politics. We have him now. I got delayed on our Labor Day weekend, but Scott Braddock. Well, how, on how the did line that brisket come out, Jay Leeson? My brisket? Yeah, you uh, were tweeting about it, but I didn't see the final result. That uh, applause in the background was for must you but, but now it's for my brisket i mean it's incredible and <laughs> must have been good it was just incredible how you doing buddy doing very well sir sorry i missed y'all but i hope everybody had a great labor day weekend and remember to thank the working men and women who build america each and every day they work a 40-hour week for a living you know how it goes there you go you know how it goes jay Lee. I do. I love me some Alabama. My kids can't. They just—they're like—they're like—is this the part where we're gonna play Georgia or Florida or no? It's Alabama, guys, Alabama, and it's awesome. Yeah. And Not Florida, Georgia line. The world. No, they are, they are. They don't even know bro country. They're just—they better trying not. to pick some state. Like, are we gonna listen to Louisiana now? Please don't do it, Dad. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just all part of a proper raisin. Um, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Braddock, just looking, we were just getting into some West Texas and, and Texas tech weeds, politically speaking, but let's uh, let's take a 20,000-foot a perspective here with Scott Braddock as we mm-hmm. talk about uh, Dan Patrick flew into yeah. Lubbock today. I saw him tweet about it, and there were... There was one reporter and three cameras. Uh, apparently, yeah. Dan Patrick on a media blitz. Yeah. Uh, while Abbott is all over TV. Yeah. Uh, on this Keep It Red. Tell us what's going on. Well, there is no Keep It Red message so far, and that's what's kind of interesting to folks back yeah. here in Austin. Um, so far, uh, the media that's being done by Governor Abbott and by Lieutenant Governor Patrick mostly about themselves. If you look at the television ads, and we posted some of them at quorumreport.com, um, Governor Abbott's ads are about how great he is, about, and I'm not sure 
if President Trump's going to get angry with Abbott because the very first ad, which you may have seen, um, is all about uh, Abbott's promises made, promises kept. Well, Trump was saying that that was his deal, so I don't know if they're going to get sideways about that. But uh, the point is, right now these gentlemen are focused on what they have done in office. Uh, you know, the, uh, the message from Lieutenant Governor Patrick is basically that his brand of conservatism is good for Texas. As you mentioned, he's been flying around the state. It looks like, as far as I can tell, and I'll, I'll try to nail down the details on this, uh, but it looks like he's been flying uh, in a rented uh, private jet uh, leased out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. So all this started in Tulsa, and then the lieutenant governor yesterday made his way, uh, for, you know, through cities like Corpus Christi, Beaumont, uh, Tyler, etc. Uh, then he was in uh, San Angelo, Lubbock, as you mentioned today. I believe he was on his way to uh, Amarillo and uh, Dallas and Houston before going back to Tulsa to return the jet tonight. Uh, you may have seen him uh, tweet out some pictures of himself on the jet uh, and saying that uh, his uh, official account, uh, saying that uh, these are his first campaign stops of what will be a busy campaign season following Labor Day. Uh, but also, as you mentioned, uh, only a few reporters there. These are not events with voters. These are not the kind of big town halls that you've seen from Beto O'Rourke, for example. No, these are more low-key press conferences where Dan Patrick is simply delivering his message. Among those messages, which you may have seen yesterday, uh, was that Dan Patrick is blasting Nike for having uh, chosen Colin Kaepernick as the face of their new uh, media campaign. This, of course, right in line with what Ted Cruz has been saying about O'Rourke, who is in favor of the NFL players who are taking a knee during the national anthem, once again putting that issue front and center. So um, all of these folks are talking about themselves, and the reason I bring that up is, and you and I talked about this a little bit before, in 2014... The Republican ticket statewide finished, what, about 20 points ahead of the Democrats, 21 points ahead in the case of Governor Abbott over uh, Senator Wendy Davis. Uh, a lot of that on the strength of Senator John Cornyn, who did do a big uh, media blitz, a big media ad buy throughout that year that was all about what? Keep Texas red. You remember that. You might even have one of those T-shirts, Jay Leeson. Keep Texas red is what Cornyn was running on. And he smoked four opponents with 62%, and if you look at all of the statewide candidates, they track with that, Abbott and Patrick and Hager, et cetera. They were all right about at that uh, level against their Democratic opponents coming in 20 points behind. Um, if uh, Ted Cruz finishes lower than that, lower than 62%, which it seems to be very possible that he will, um, you know, if, if the Republican slate up and down the ballot does worse this time around, and uh, I'm not one of those guys who thinks that any of them are going to lose, although, of course, this is why we do this, right? We stay tuned and see what happens. Um, but if they finish worse this time, it'll be on the weakness of Cruz, whereas before, Republicans were really performing on the strength of John Cornyn back in 2014. Or on the strength of a message that lots of guys were carrying at the same time. And that's no doubt. that's what I don't understand about where we are right now when you see these guys going there it would be this is why for listeners this is why i don't get on the radio and start every program with something that i see trending on google with something that i know has a lot of traction a lot of people because i don't want to sidestep the issues right in front of that would be so easy to do and lots of guys you've done radio for a long time scott braddock like that's the whole yes. ham to the thing find something that get like doing a commentary in town on local local news media 
find something that's got 75% uh, support behind it and then yeah, wait, go with just that. beat mm-hmm. that pinata to death. And so, But that's low-hanging fruit. And so yeah. I see Patrick do that. And to Abbott's credit, I thought that the I think that the wheelchair commercial is really good. Whenever he's rolling when mm-hmm. he's rolling forward, that yeah. was a very now you can disagree with the content and say, well, he's playing to the audience, so what they know about those you know five respective issues that he takes up. But I, I thought that that was a very smart one. But on the other side of that, let's not just go after Patrick and Abbott on this count or Cruz on this count. But O'Rourke has made a lot of hay, and I don't know what it's going to transfer into on this NFL controversy, but what in the world, so you're running for U.S. Senate in Texas, and your gold ticket, is your gold ticket at this point to get on Ellen DeGeneres? Tell us about this. Right, it's a great question, and for as much grief as uh, we and others were giving Dan Patrick last week for challenging Geraldo Rivera Geraldo. to a debate about immigration. Right, he's supposed to debate oh, Geraldo, and Daniel, by the way... Daniel, we need yeah. a Geraldo drop. You, only, okay. you need some kind of a Geraldo drop, right. yeah. Um, the uh, criticism that Patrick uh, faced uh, for you know debating Geraldo uh, rather than his Democratic opponent, well, I think you could say you know a version of that uh, about O'Rourke uh, going and having just basically a love fest with Ellen DeGeneres, who had tweeted uh, last week, I think, that she wanted to meet with Beto O'Rourke after she saw his four-minute answer about the NFL players kneeling during the national anthem. Um, And, you know, I mean, sure, I'm sure that Ellen has lots of fans in Texas, um, but uh, I'm not sure how many of them vote. And I've seen some of the clips uh, of the appearance, and it really is just a love fest. I mean, she's gushing about how great his answer was, and um, Ellen DeGeneres asks uh, Beto O'Rourke about uh, the tweet that President uh, Trump had put out about uh, the congressman from El Paso, about how he's, uh, you know, soft on the border and weak on veterans' issues and a whole host of other things. Um, To his credit, O'Rourke did say that he's glad that the president is coming to Texas to uh, campaign for Ted Cruz. Of course, there's some debate about whether or not that's good for Cruz, and we'll see. Um, And the president's saying he's going to find the biggest stadium in Texas to come down and campaign for Cruz. Um, But uh, O'Rourke said, we welcome the president to Texas. He needs to know our story, and he uh, actually turned it into, I thought, an interesting answer. O'Rourke did to say uh, that uh, if the president really understood what's going on in Texas, then he would embrace uh, comprehensive immigration reform. He says that the uh, state should lead on that issue uh, because it's one of the most diverse states, and uh, it's it's an issue that's, uh, you know, front and center for us for sure so uh, one thing i heard there is that the president's Mm -hmm. coming to allen independent school district's uh, football (laughs) stadium so i was looking that up so do you know what the largest uh stadium is uh for capacity in texas is the cotton bowl still beat no no so so the largest one would be texas uh was it texas motor speedway okay uh you know the big racetrack up in dfw uh, and then um, football stadiums, the largest one would be Kyle Field in uh, in College Station, mm. followed by Darrow K. Royal, followed by AT&T Stadium, which is also known as Jerry World, the Cowboys Stadium, uh, and then uh, NRG Stadium, uh, where the Texans play down in Houston, I think is around uh, 79,000, something like that. Well, uh, AT&T up in Dallas is 100,000. Oh, it's 102 uh, at Kyle Field, which is amazing. Yeah, all of our 
new Aggie listeners, and we see the analytics. I talk about it almost <laughs> yes. every day. I'm sure they're, they're probably really spiking enthused. right now. It, it's the, the 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 listenership in BCS is spiking right now. And by the way, there could not be a safer place for the president to go in Texas than Brazos County. Uh, you know, he's not putting any seats in play by being there. Uh, I did hear some Democrats jokingly say that they would love to see the president go to Cowboys Stadium in Dallas because that's where you do have uh, some state house seats that are definitely in play, uh, at least one congressional seat up there, uh, and also two state Senate seats that would be um, Senator Burton and Senator Huffines. Uh, and so if the president was there, you could imagine uh, that the local media coverage would be just a field day for the local uh, Democratic candidates in uh, yeah. Dallas. Portland. Well, this is a public service announcement to Lubbock Economic Development Alliance to get that thing in Jones Stadium uh, for Ted Cruz. <laughs> there you go. Uh, tell us about, we see this thing, I, today I got in this, the, every, it seems to me, every month or so, we get mm-hmm. into a big battle, and we're just going to have to do a whole show on topography and cartography of West Texas, where the boundaries are, and we've got oh, into yeah. this argument today about where does West Texas begin and end, and, um, you know, is it Abilene, is it east of Abilene, but my whole point was I would much rather be having this discussion than watching the nomination hearings of Brett Kavanaugh. But you've been watching <laughs> yeah. Scott Braddock, mm-hmm. so tell us, tell us about our senators and their roles in the hearings, and whether they, in your view, been helpful or not. Probably helpful, and in Senator Cruz's case, helpful to himself, because as you and I have talked about, um, the numbers, uh, you know, in the polls uh, in Texas show that most uh, voters, and not just Republicans, most voters are comfortable with Kavanaugh as the next Supreme Court justice. Uh, And so Cruz has been, you know, and Cruz is right in his element when he's talking about the Supreme Court. Of course, he clerked for a Supreme Court justice uh, and, uh, you know, has great reverence for the courts. He likes to talk about that uh, as a constitutional scholar. Uh, So he's probably doing himself some favor, you know, by a few favors by creating some, uh, you know, YouTubeable moments during these uh, these hearings. Uh, yes, uh, Senator Cornyn, as the number two Republican uh, in the United States Senate, uh, has definitely been in a full court press. He put out some uh, YouTube videos yesterday, uh, you know, before the hearing started, uh, saying that Democrats need to get a grip uh, and and you know realize that look, we have a Republican president, and uh, so of course the uh, nominee uh, is going to be someone that they don't, that the Democrats don't necessarily like, but they need to get on board with because this is what's going to happen. Uh, and uh, Cornyn also uh, took the lead during the hearing uh, by saying that Democrats who were trying to disrupt the hearing, of course, Democrats making the, the claim and making the argument uh, that we haven't seen enough of uh, Kavanaugh's uh, record, that not enough of his official record from the White House has been released. That's their argument. Uh, and so they say that the hearings need to be delayed. Um, the Democrats making the argument also that this needs to be handled like a court of law. And Cornyn saying that if this is would to be handled like a court of law, if these Senate hearings were handled that way, then the Democrats on the committee would all be held in contempt of court. So uh, getting heated up there, uh, as you can imagine, uh, quite, quite political. Yeah, and, I think the whole West Texas discussion came up. Here I am back to cartography. I'm, I'm like the dog on up. Uh, <laughs> squirrel! But... Uh, 
the discussion was started because Brett Kavanaugh said that he, his wife, is from West Texas. That that yes. he's got. He's she's got from Abilene, room, yeah. and I can I can assure you, that's West Texas. Yeah. Well, thanks for. I listening. uphold the ruling of Jay Leeson. Okay. And and I uphold the ruling of the judge. Likewise. Uh, one last thing before we get you out, uh, for listeners that don't go very far into. <laughs> Texas political weeds. A federal judge today has blocked Texas's fetal burial requirement law. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us uh, real quickly about that law and what this ruling means. Well, this, of course, is hotly contested, hotly debated in the Texas legislature. Uh, this has to do with getting rid of a rule that previously said that uh, after an abortion, the fetal remains could be basically put down. Uh, the drain, uh, put down a garbage disposal. Uh, almost no other state, certainly no large state, allows that. And so a bill was passed that said that uh, those remains would have to be either uh, cremated or buried um, out of respect. And the judge today uh, blocked a Texas law, that law that says that uh, the fetal tissue has to be buried or cremated. This is uh, Judge David Ezra. Uh, in Austin, a senior U.S. district judge, he said that, quote, Texas has no viable uh, integrated system in place for disposing of embryonic and fetal tissue remains in compliance with the challenge laws, Um, although uh, he did say uh, that, uh, you know, he threw a concession uh, to uh, the legal team for the state uh, by acknowledging that states do have a legitimate interest in enacting a, quote, well-thought-out and workable law designed to promote respect for potential life. So the judge isn't saying that the state can't pass a law like this. He's just saying that there may be some problems with the way uh, this has been uh, enacted. So we'll continue to follow this as it goes through the courts. Yeah, and here's one last one. I was I introed the show by saying that Michael Quinn Sullivan of Empowered Texans tweeted that <laughs> uh, that a chancellor of a major university, I'm paraphrasing, would be canned mm-hmm. because of yeah. misappropriation of funds. And right. you would think this that they... all around the same time that Bob Duncan suddenly is leaving yeah, Texas Tech. The day, the, the earlier in that day, and we had heard... The timing couldn't have been more suspect. Now, here's, he did not name the chancellor, mm-hmm. but there was one chancellor who did step down. How surprising... 60 seconds or less, Scott Braddock. Is it to you that I file a records request and find that Empowered Texans attorney, Tony McDonald, had just filed a public records two days after that tweet? That the, all of a sudden they're trying to save the face. Well, trying to find what some, are they asking for? some dirt on... Bob Duncan doing a, a filing through mm-hmm. the Amarillo Economic Development Al- uh, mm-hmm, Development mm-hmm. Council, I think is what they call it. Yeah, uh, all records, all contract, all contact, excuse me, between Amarillo Economic Development Corporation and the Texas Tech University system. Any record relating to any grant or loan from Amarillo Economic Development Corporation to the Texas Tech University system. And so just trying to go in dragnet clown style afterwards and what appears to me to be just trying to save face is this par for the course foreign power short answer is yes they uh, like to say at chairman dunn's organization that they are all about policy and they're not about politics or personalities but the truth is they're always focused on personalities and dragging people through the mud, making people look as bad as they can because they can't make arguments uh, based on principle and policy. That's it. 
I only know this from covering them for many yeah. years now. Plain and simple. From Braddock on Texas himself. Hey, Scott Braddock, thank you for your time, buddy. Thank you, Jay Leeson. Glad we got to catch up. All right. Talk to you soon on Monday. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, Scott sir. Braddock. Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, going to go to a break and get back in. I want to lay out for you Regent Gate. I don't know if I'm going to call it part three or just let this be a standalone. I'm sure that there are a few people listening in El Paso right now. Welcome into the program. Your thoughts as we go along. 806-745-5800. Lay out for you what we're going to drop tonight. And it's a deep dive. If you're really interested in what's going on, I've already said this is going to force a member of the Board of Regents to seriously consider resigning or will result over the week to come in their resignation. I say that and I mean it right here on the other side of Texas. Stick with us. Be back in just uh, about two minutes from now. Hey, welcome back in the program. Good Braddock stuff there. Appreciate him dropping in. This segment brought to you by Title One, Lubbock's digital real estate and title escrow company. Title One committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes. See how Title One can serve your realty, consumer, and lending needs at TitleOne.com want to play for you what can set this up what does ted cruz beto o'rourke and the texas tech board of regents chairman rick francis have in common well downtown el paso that's what this is an ad that was dropped yesterday i believe it was yesterday by club for growth a conservative outfit that bought a bunch of ads is committed i think to putting seven figures into the senate race here in texas which may tell you a little bit more about ted cruz and his position against better o'rourke than it does uh, club for growth obviously seeing that as a tight race but this is the commercial that they put out i want to play you the audio of it i think the audio the visuals is just a bunch of stuff that's blaring at you like laser lights. Uh, the audio, I think, will be sufficient. I'm going to play that as we set up the next edition of Regent Gate dropping on the other side of Texas tonight. Bosses, bullies, conquistadores. El Paso's rich and powerful stay that way by controlling politicians like Beto O'Rourke. As Councilman Beto carried water for his wealthy father-in-law, the developer behind a downtown redevelopment scheme, pushing the city to bulldoze an historic Hispanic neighborhood using eminent domain, a government wrecking ball displacing poor families to enrich his own. Beto the Bully. Club for Growth Action is responsible for the content of this advertising. There is some free advertising for you there, guys. Um, Here... On the other side of Texas, I want to get in with you then on what O'Rourke and Cruz and O'Rourke's father-in-law, the bosses, bullies, and conquistadores. I love how they say conquistadores correctly, but call him Beto. Um, 
that's it's all in the messaging guys it's all in the messaging so this super pack is targeting better o'rourke but my argument could be that as this is played out in markets in the days and weeks to come could wind up wrecking rick francis francis is the chairman of texas tech university system board of regents he's still reeling from even three weeks now after the inexplicable ousting of former chancellor bob duncan but club for gross ad there could shed some light on one of the lingering questions one of many that we have as we look at what's happened at texas tech and the ousting of bob duncan and it's this what role did a proposed dental school in downtown el paso play in duncan's ouster now as the ad just said El Paso's rich and powerful stay that way by controlling politicians. As Councilman Beto O'Rourke carried water for his wealthy father-in-law, the developer behind a downtown redevelopment scheme. A downtown redevelopment scheme. Now, what comes to bear in all this is that Beto O'Rourke's father-in-law is Bill Sanders, and Bill Sanders is a very wealthy uh, individual. Very wealthy. Has a lot going. Okay. Maybe not that wealthy, but still plenty wealthy. Uh, Banking and real estate mogul. Has long-standing ties to Francis and maybe longer ties to Francis than Beto O'Rourke. Rick Francis is the chairman and CEO of West Star Bank that serves El Paso, Las Cruces, and northern Mexico. So up into New Mexico, down into Juarez. Texas Tribune's Patrick Svitek had a story yesterday about this ad and how it's scrutinizing a downtown plan and goes into some depth on the plan. In March 2016, this plan for downtown redevelopment was run by a group called Paso del Norte Group. And by the way, I don't... My response whenever I'm asked to speak with a with a Spanish... I, I'm, I'm going to come back to a soft side, but just immediately. I can't... I can't do the roll of the tongue thing. And it's not, it's just the Irish lazy man in me. I don't know what it is. I can't do it. I try to do it and I can't. And for the same reason that, like, I'm supposed to say Spanish names in, like, the dialect in which it was presented with me. And my response is, well, if I've got to say that, then you've got to say Jay. 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 Jay Leeson. All one word, Jay Leeson. I don't ask people to do that. So anyway, as I talk through all this stuff, a Paso del Norte group, a private organization run up by regional businesses elites, including Sanders, Ben O'Rourke's father-in-law, who headed up the group at that time in March 2006. And as far as I know, October 2006, that's the latest tracking I have on it. Francis is a past co-chairman of the Paso del Norte group. 
he's also been on the board with the Paso del Norte Foundation. Now, here's the one I want to get into. I'm just setting this up. We're going to talk about it in detail after this break. But it was, uh, whenever you look into Francis, like me and others have done over these past few days, you find that he has a knack for sitting on nonprofit organizations that are named very similar to or work in con- conjunction with business groups. Many of those business groups that are chocked full of Sun City heavy hitters, or as Club for Growth would call them, bosses, bullies, and conquistadores. More on that as we get back in. Stick with us. About 90 seconds. Get into the meat of the matter right here on the other side. Howdy, Jay. West Texas Leeson here. I'm going to tell you about my friends at Flint Boot and Hat. They've been building hats since 1994 and repairing boots, I guess, since forever. My dog chewed up my ostrich boots. Jared and his guys replaced the heel, made them look new again, put new pulls on, and at a super affordable price, they've resold my boots, and they build great hats. Love these guys. Go check them out. 3035 34th Street or Flint Boot and Hat Shop at Flint and 34th Street. See more at FlintHat.com. Hey, uh, welcome back in. Get into this last bit of the beef with you here in Lubbock File Room, bringing you this portion of the program, providing safe and secure document storage and shredding services to Lubbock and the surrounding area since 1992 for a free and hassle-free estimate. Call them today lubbockfileroom.com 806-744-7666 that's lubbockfileroom.com little programming note coming up tomorrow we'll be able to hear a little uh texas tech football preview going to start a weekly segment with our friend chris level red raider sports go check out red raidersports.com also my understanding is that John Sharp wants to play a game of what do you got? Uh, we're what do you got? Yeah, he he wants to play uh, John Sharp on a mobile phone, meaning it's not really John Sharp, but it's going to be a lot of fun. That tomorrow on the show. And then Helena Bottomiller Evich is with Politico. You've heard about all this tariff relief for farmers. What's it mean for your part of texas uh, she'll be talking to us about that there again with politico she's an ag reporter and our friend brandon darby on friday but back to where we were and by the way the names on the board and if you want to add names they need to be real names i got six in the hopper two unlikely four probably likely for the next chancellor at Texas Tech. And I'll throw Ted Mitchell, whose name I'm hearing more and more, the new interim. And then Congressman Jody Arrington. And then somebody who was thinking about running for Congress, Tom Sell, works with Larry Combus uh, there in Washington, D.C., knows a lot about 
uh, state government, federal government, Mike Moses, former Lubbock Independent School District superintendent, and have to throw in John Monford, maybe back for a year or two of glory, Kent Hance, the same. But how did we get here to needing an interim and needing a new chancellor? Well, let me pick up where I left off. So Club for Growth goes after in their new new ad against Beto O'Rourke against Paso del Norte and Paso del Norte has at the time in 2006 when all this was going down with downtown redevelopment schemes as they call it uh, you had a individual named Bill Sanders who was Beto O'Rourke's father-in-law and then you also had a past co-chairman of, or to this date, a past co-chairman of Paso del Norte, and that's Rick Francis, the current chairman of the Texas Tech Board of Regents. Now, like I said whenever I was going into break, Francis has a knack for being on the board of groups that sound like the business groups that are chock full of heavy hitters from San, uh, from El Paso, but he will oftentimes sit on the nonprofit wings of those. Uh, Francis's board habits highlighted in the piece that we're going to put up. I mentioned Patrick Svitek's piece, and he wrote about the ad yesterday, and I need to read this part. Quote, Sanders initially said in April 2006 that he would not invest in the Paso del Norte project to avoid creating an ethical dilemma for his son-in-law, according to an El Paso Times article. But then, eventually, Sanders did invest and said, if I make any profits, it will go to a downtown profit. Non-profit, excuse me. Make any profits, dividends will go to a downtown Nonprofit. Now, this is where you got to really get your, re your Regent Gate ears up because this is where it all begins to go down. He did not specify what the nonprofit would be. He did not specify. Stop. A little shout out to John Sharp and Rick Perry. Didn't, didn't signify or delineate or detail which, what the nonprofit would, the downtown nonprofit, but it could have well been something that would soon take form later. And that would be what we know now as Borderplex Alliance, with which Francis Sanders, industry giant Woody Hunt, billionaire oilman Paul Foster, and others have long been associated with their in El Paso. Borderplex Alliance, according to IRS records that we've found, advocates for the economic and industrial development in and around El Paso, but it also facilitates the agenda for the Borderplex Realty Trust, and that's where you really begin to get into the weeds. The Borderplex Realty Trust, now I'll explain who they are, here in just a moment but they were filed with the Texas Secretary of State in 2007 now this group the Borderplex Realty Trust is 
Uh, we didn't know much about them until July 2016, what exactly was in their portfolio or in their possession until they were sued. $20 million on a, a fraud claim, and they had to present their portfolio. The El Paso Times did a great job of presenting what exactly was in there, and what we found, what they found, was $65 million worth of real estate holdings. Foster accounted for 9.5% of it. Sanders, another guy who started initially the uh, Borderplex Alliance, uh, where it all derives from, a guy named Scott Schwartz, owned 1.7. Now, this is what the El Paso Times said that, quote, the trust's main assets are still in downtown El Paso. Now, why are we talking about downtown El Paso? Because there's a little thing that's proposed to go into downtown El Paso, and that's the dental school, the Texas Tech Dental School, which, according to Richard Lang, the president of Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center, El Paso, has said the dental school could contribute between 60 and 109 million dollars annually to the local economy follow the money stupid here we go in possession the of the trust main assets in downtown is 21 story wells fargo building an 18 story chase tower 13 retail retail properties according to the times which noted that the trust still owns owes $10 million on the Chase Building, which appraised at $12.5 million, and $11.8 million on the Wells Fargo Building, which appraised at $11.3 million. Now, here's some, here's some things that we're going to flesh out in the piece. The Bornerplex Realty Trust and the West Star Bank Board of Directors, the bank over which Rick Francis, the chairman for Texas Tech Board of Regents, serves as CEO and chairman, and the Borderplex Realty Trust, these are the crossovers. You have Foster, who's got holdings with the Borderplex Realty Trust. You have a guy named Mayor Marquez, not the mayor, M-E-Y-E-R, Marquez, who is both on the board of directors with the bank and the Borderplex Realty Trust, as well as Emma Schwartz, who's the son-in-law of one Scotch, or excuse me, the sister-in-law. <laughs> that was a, that was not intentional. The sister-in-law of Scott Schwartz, who originally incorporated what was then Borderplex Community Trust, and then you've got Woody Hunt as an advisor also involved with Borderplex Realty Trust, an advisor on Francis's West Star Board, and he's on the Borderplex Alliance's Executive Committee with Foster and Sanders. Now, are you getting confused? I'm just trying to lay out what could be all the chairman's conflicts of interest. Oh, and let me throw one more in. The Texas Tech Chair, the Board of Regents, who's also the CEO and chairman of this bank, is also on the board of Foster's Western Refining and holds at least 10,000 shares in that company as well. Now, let's get back to the dental school. 
60 to 109 million dollars annually to the local economy let's say that you're involved in uh, something like borderplex it might make for a pretty good return on investment to land a new public institution within proximity of your existing interests what do you say i think that's probably a good play and it would be an especially good play if one has, oh, let's say a business partner who's also uh, maybe a board, maybe on a regent on a board of a major Texas public university that could make all this happen. And so here's the deal, Ricardo. In light of the interests and the partnerships that are delineated above and the conflicts of interest therein it would make sense that maybe you would grow alarmed if say the governor the governor's chief of staff came in in late 2016 and said you can have a vet school or you can have a dental school because your boy woody had already put 25 million into the dental school i say your boy i mean your business partner had already put 25 million in that might put you on edge maybe just a little bit and then for you to be past the ultimatum vet school or dental school how provoked would you be if you were given an ultimatum and somehow some way bob duncan and a lot of shrewd people still got four million dollars out then i would say it's probably logically deducible that you're pretty nervous at that point that you might lose this crown gem in your little borderplex dream there in el paso i mean club for again i didn't bring this up club for growth did i mean this is this is where we are right now i mean they called this uh what they call it they called this a downtown redevelopment scheme i'm just using their words not mine and then let's say that uh, Texas Tech walks away from that legislature where we were uh, with $4 million then you might feel like you need to take matters into your own hand to become your own boss bully and conquistadore which is apparent based on sources with whom we've discussed these issues over two years two straight budget cycles Rick Francis decided that he would do just that and that he would go for flat budgets even though texas tech's new system building that was voted on for duncan even got there you got the overhead and utilities of that you've got uh, rising costs insurance and otherwise the other campus components here's what rick francis does we're gonna keep the budget flat we're going to keep it flat and you're going to have to absorb all those costs well how much cost do you want to absorb and look here's the deal it was never about squeezing the budget it was about squeezing duncan whatever the university needed to hell with it whatever the cost to hell with it the point was it seems to squeeze duncan and therefore any perceived threat to that dental school that dental school that Borderplex must so desperately be looking forward to. And then he went on, even if it required incoherent public justifications, 
that fluctuate between, well, it was a budgetary difference with Bob Duncan to we don't have the same shared vision of the university anymore. Well, that's bunk and has been debunked, and we've got how it's been debunked by our friend at the Lubbockist and other play the AJ. That's, but it, if that's what it required, then he was going to go do it. And I would argue it strongly seems like he would be motivated to do such for his business partners. And even if it meant forcing Duncan to retire one year early with whatever severance to presumably keep Duncan out of the next legislative session, a session that begins in January, a contract that was to end in July 2019, a session that would begin and end unless there were a couple of specials called within the dates of Duncan's contract. But you don't want Duncan down there because why? Oh, might get that vet school nailed down. Direct threat there to the Borderplex boys. And even he took those extremes, Rick Francis, even if it ultimately required overseeing as a chairman an informal vote by regents in executive session to express no confidence in Bob Duncan. But back to the ad. As the ad begins, Beto O'Rourke carried water, is what it says. And I don't know what water Beto O'Rourke carried or how much he carried for a quote downtown redevelopment scheme that occurred over a decade ago at the cost of his base. Whatever it was, if it was, that's a question for Texas voters to answer. But I do know this. Whatever water Rick Francis has carried of late for the same interests and the same purpose has come at a great cost to Texas Tech. And if you don't think that we... what I've just, I've just gone over the overview. If you don't think that we're pages and pages deep in being able to substantiate these interests and and then for you to deduce the costs, then I've got a vet school in Amarillo to sell you. Whatever water Francis has carried for the same purpose, for the same interests, at great cost at Texas Tech is a question that the board chairman of Texas Tech needs to answer, and he needs to answer it soon. CC Greg Abbott. And that's the way we see it on the other side of Texas. Folks, look, I've been through a few of these, uh, through a few of these circuses in Lubbock, and I'm just not going to sit idly by and watch another one. Uh, we we've lost a lot, and there are questions that need to be answered. I'm excited about tech season. I'm excited about a lot of things coming. Uh, Lubbock may have a short memory, but there are a lot of people in West Texas who have a long one, and there are questions that need to be addressed and answered. And we're going to keep answering or keep asking. And if we need to come to our own answers, we'll do that. And uh, Rick Francis, you are on the clock here at the end of your term. And uh, I think it's probably just best for all parties concerned for you and a couple others at least to just consider hanging it up. Uh, the facts are out there and they'll continue to come. And you can't run away from this. You don't oust a guy who we voted for for 25, 30 years and expect that everything will just go away. Not going away. Something else that's not going away is this program. We're going to 
get home. I got to get home. Wife's out of town. Four great kids. Going to try to wrestle them all. Have a above average dinner. See you later on. OtherSideOfTexas.com and on program tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in and hanging out here on the other side.